friends. Welcome to The Well. My name is Ryan Gear. I have the privilege of being the pastor here. If you're new with us, we want you to know that you're our guest. We're thrilled you're here. And uh, if you'd like to let us know you're here, text the word WELCOME to 480-530-7234. It'll text you back with a digital connect card. You can fill that out and tell us about yourself and get more info about The Well. So thanks for joining us this morning. Great job, Steve and Matt. Appreciate uh, all, of, uh, all of you who are joining us live here. And um, I know there is growing concern about social media. Some of you have seen the social dilemma. Some of you have been backing away from, from Facebook probably for a long time. I've noticed a big difference over the past few months. And, and just the number of people who are engaging with it on a daily basis as, as folks have some different feelings about social media. So during the quarantine up to this point, Facebook has been really our sole platform for live streaming our services. We're going to change that. So we're going to continue to, to live stream on Facebook at the Well page, on my personal page. Um, but we're experimenting with some other platforms as well. And uh, so actually right before the service started, I was tinkering around with some of these different platforms, you know, making sure they're working. But over the next couple of weeks, um, just kind of watch my weekly email that I send out on Fridays and the services here for more information about um, a platform that we're going to stream to and we're hoping that we can just kind of funnel everybody in the well towards that platform so we can all be together for live streams and there is a chat function so you can interact during the service as well just like Facebook but just kind of stay tuned we're working on that and uh, we appreciate you being with us this morning so uh, today we're continuing our our new series as we watch my production skills here. Let's see if I can get to the next slide. We're considering, we're continuing our new uh, series leadership uh, with, uh, okay, now it's working for some reason. It wasn't a second ago, but um, with uh, uh, talking about how everybody is a leader. And here's the reason. Every leadership coach I know defines leadership as influence. Leadership is influence. And everybody has influence over somebody. You influence, if you're a parent, you certainly influence your kids, even if you don't feel like you do, you're the number one influence in their lives. If, if you have a, a, significant, a significant other, you influence that person, you influence people at work, you influence people in your close family relationships, you influence people in your community, in your church, everybody that you come in contact with, you influence them. So of course there are more effective leaders, there are leaders with wider influence, of course that's true, but where we're coming from in this series is everybody is a leader because you have influence. And then the famous leadership author, John Maxwell, stated this, and I think this is absolutely true, and it makes leadership one of the most important topics we could ever talk about, that everything rises and falls on leadership. Every product you buy, every thought you think, Every assumption you hold, everything you participate in, existed in the mind of a leader who brought that into fruition. Everything rises and falls on, on leadership. We're facing a presidential election in the United States. Do you think leadership is important in the United States? Everything, the quality of your daily life, our healthcare system, how it can respond to a pandemic, everything rises and falls on leadership. If that's the case, what more important topic could we talk about than leadership and becoming better leaders? And today we're talking about 
leading yourself. You don't have to be, or let me put it this way, you don't have to lead yourself well in order to be a leader. There are people who follow very unhealthy leaders. We have lots of examples of those throughout history. But in order to be a leader worth following, you have to lead yourself well. In order to be a healthy influence on the people in your life, including the people who are closest to you, that you love the most, you do have to lead yourself well. How many of us know a leader who did not lead themselves well? They lacked character. Everybody knew it. They were self-absorbed as leaders. They were selfish. They, they didn't really care about their followers as much as they cared about themselves. That's, that's somebody who doesn't lead themselves well. They pass the buck. They blame other people for their shortcomings. Um, we all know unhealthy leaders who have not led themselves well. Do you want to be that kind of an influence on the lives of the people around you? I doubt it. Nobody wants to be a terrible person, a terrible influence on the people around them. Now, here's the thing, though. Even people who, who are pretty terrible influences don't think they are. Because we all have the ability to deceive ourselves, to believe our own press, to think we're pretty cool, even if we're not spending time developing ourselves as a healthy leader, even if we're not leading ourselves well. There's some people who, you know, they see a sermon series about leadership. Maybe it reminds them of, of churches in their past, or maybe it reminds them of some guy in cheap khakis who's a corporate shill or a bulldozer CEO who just runs over other people. Leadership is influence. You influence everybody you come in contact with. And if that's the case, we want to lead ourselves well. Real quick, I wanted to share some resources, actually, and one in particular about our ability to deceive ourselves and to think that we are a healthy, healthier influence than what we actually are. This is a classic, came out about 20 years ago, called Leadership and Self-Deception, um, Getting Out of the Box. It was written when like, being in the box and out, out of the box was a, a new, like, cool metaphor that wasn't overused the way it is now. But this is a great book about how we can all fall prey to not seeing our own shortcomings and not leading ourselves well. So this is a great resource for leaders. Another one, a classic. This is by John Maxwell, Developing the Leader Within You. This is well-worn. I've read this for years. And, and if you're looking to just take the next step as a leader, this is a great resource. Another one, Henry Cloud, Boundaries for Leaders. Of course, all of leadership when you influence people involves relationships. And leaders need to set healthy boundaries or you will burn out. Take it from an expert right here. You need to set healthy boundaries as a leader. And then this is a, a new resource that came out. This is by Simon Sinek. Um, Simon is the guy behind the TED Talk, The Why, that, that was viral a few years ago. Um, this is called Leaders Eat Last, Why Some Teams Pull Together and Others Don't. It's an amazing book. I love it uh, also because he gives a shout out to the fairness doctrine that we talked about a few weeks ago, and I'll probably talk about more next week. Um, so this... This is a great resource. Leaders eat last. So if you're looking for some resources uh, to lead yourself well, any of those would be great. So I want to read a scripture, and then the sermon is actually going to consist of a video today, and I'm going to talk about that more in a second. But I want to read the scripture together. This is a, a, a parable 
A parable is a story that illustrates a spiritual point that Jesus told. It comes from Matthew chapter 25, which is the same chapter where Jesus says, I was naked and you clothed me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was in prison and you visited me. That famous passage. This is right before that in Matthew 25. And it's known as the parable of the talents. Here in the New International Version, they kind of updated a little bit. A talent was money. So they, they use the, the, uh, the translation, a bag of gold, <laughs> to kind of represent what a talent would have, meant, would have meant in the time of Jesus. So let's read this scripture together. This is Jesus speaking. Again, it, meaning the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, the end of the age, the end of everybody's life. Right? Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and laid his master's and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And then right after that, the, the servant who had two bags of gold, he doubled it as well, and the master was pleased with him. But the servant who only received one bag and buried it in the ground was cast out. Which sounds like a pretty harsh ending to the story. The point that Jesus is making here is that we all are given certain things in life, and we are responsible for how we use those things, our gifts, our skills, our influence. And when it's all said and done, whether it's the end of the age or the last judgment or this the end of your life, we will be able to look back and survey what we did with what we were given. And Jesus is illustrating the spiritual point that God has gifted us in many ways, given us many things. And we are called and invited to use those things for good. To, to use our gifts, our skills, our talents, our influence for good in this short life that we have. And at the end, we want to hear, well done, good and faithful service. We, ser servant. We want to be able to look back and, and think, man, you know, I did the most with what I had. And I used my time wisely and I made a difference and I influenced people the way that I wanted to. I'm proud of what I accomplished. We don't want to be like that last servant who just buried his talent, his bag of gold, and did nothing with it. Who squandered what he was given because he didn't think about how to use the gifts, maximize the gifts, the skills, the, the influence that he had been given. I can't think of a more important topic. Again, if you're a parent, talking about your influence on your kids, your influence on your significant other. Half of adults are single, so, but you, you influence 
so many people around you, your closest friends and family, your church community, your city, people on social media, everybody you come in contact with, extended family, you influence them. And we want to be able, when we get to the end of our lives, to be able to look back and say, you know what? I'm proud of how I used what I was given. And I, I intentionally used my influence for good. And I thought about it and I maximized it. And I'm glad I did what I did. That's what this video is about today that I'm going to share with you. I'm going to show you a, a video of a pastor named Andy Stanley. This is from LeaderCast 2018, which is an annual leadership event that I think he hosts. And there are business leaders and community leaders and church leaders who participate. And it's, it's simulcast, it's live streamed. And, and um, in this video, Andy talks about leading yourself. And he references uh, a famous exercise from the author Stephen Covey, uh, who wrote the, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And, and maybe this afternoon, you could sit down and, and, and try this exercise that Andy is going to reference. I've done it before. It's life-changing. I did it again, um, just preparing for this, this, this message this week. But it's about 25 minutes long. It's going to be the sermon today. I'm going to play this video by Andy Stanley, and then I'll come back at the end of the video, and we'll wrap it up. So as we think about leading yourself well and maximizing what God has given to you and thinking about the kind of influence you are in the lives of people around you, let's watch Andy Stanley leading yourself. Now, some of you don't know who I am and you don't care. Uh, you were told you're going to learn some great leadership stuff. So I just thought as we start off today, I should tell you one thing about myself that would maybe, you know, put you at ease and let you know that I'm pretty much an expert in what I'm about to share with you. And the thing that I like to share with you is this, and, and I would prefer that we just keep it in the room. Okay, here it is. I have participated in every bad decision that I have ever made. They don't laugh, okay? Yeah, I every bad relational decision, I was there for that. Um, every bad financial decision, I was there for that. Every bad hiring decision, I was there for that. Every long and boring meeting um, that I led, I, I was there for that. I was there for all of it. I have um, talked myself out of exercising. I've talked myself into dessert. Um, I I'm a sucker for you might also like. So are you, come on. I'm also, I'm also a sucker. Customers who have per, also purchased have also purchased, how about that? And, and it's embarrassing, but the only reason I feel like I can share this with the whole world is this. You have participated in every bad decision you have ever made as well, right? You were there for all of them. You were there for your worst spending decision, your worst financial decision, your worst parenting moment, your worst marriage moment, your worst professional, your, your worst um, you know, purchase, that stock that you were absolutely sure and you convinced your husband or your wife, this is a, this is a great deal. You were there for all of that. In fact, this is, this is really embarrassing. You were the mastermind behind your greatest regret. Now, the reason I say all that is because of our topic today and here we go, we face, all of us, we all face our greatest leadership challenge every morning in the mirror. You are difficult to lead, and you should know <laughs> because you attempt it every single day. 
Now, our topic for the day is actually self-leadership, as hopefully you knew before you got here, which um, isn't necessarily fun to talk about because self-leadership, the topic of self-leadership reminds us that all of us have work to do. But it's an extremely important topic, and it's an extremely important topic for three reasons. Um, First of all, you will not be a leader worth following if you don't lead yourself well. You won't be a leader worth following if you don't lead yourself well. That doesn't mean you won't be able to lead. You'll be able to lead, but you won't be a leader worth following if you don't lead yourself well. In organizational leadership, being a leader worth following is not a necessity, and great self-leadership is not an essential But again, you won't be a leader worth following unless you lead yourself well. We all know some leaders who are a mess, right? Their personal lives are a total disaster. They may be here with you today, just keep looking straight ahead, right? So we we all we all know leaders whose personal lives are a disaster. And here's the thing, isn't this true? You don't want to be like them. You may want to travel like them and vacation like them, but you don't want to be like them. And you learn this from your parents. You see, whether or not you want to be like your mom or whether or not you want to be like your dad has far more to do with how well they led themselves than what they taught you. What they taught you and what they said to you was important, but whether or not you want to be like one of your parents has far more to do with how well they led themselves because leaders who are worth following and people who are worth emulating are people who have mastered self-leadership. The second reason this is a big deal is that exceptional self-leadership is the key to sustained influence. It's not the key to authority. You can have authority because of your position or a job title. That comes with, you know, that just comes with, you know, the, the, the office, with the job. But in terms of sustained influence, you have to be a leader worth following, which means you have to lead yourself well. Because none of us open ourselves up to the influence of people that we don't respect. So to be a leader worth following, you have to lead yourself well. In order to have sustained influence with people, to have them open up to your leadership and your influence, you have to lead yourself well. And the third reason this is a big deal is that exceptional self-leadership is actually the key to sustained performance. Now, isn't this true? In most cases, when a leader burns out or when a leader is taken out, it's because they weren't leading themselves well. Great leaders, this is so important, great leaders last because they lead themselves first. Great leaders last, they go the distance, they have sustained influence and sustained performance because they lead themselves well first. So this is a really, really big deal. As my friend Clay Scroggins says in his fabulous book, I love this quote, he says this. He says, you don't have to be in charge to take charge. You don't have to be in charge to take charge of leading yourself. It's your primary responsibility as a leader. And he's absolutely right. And if you, if you haven't read How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, I highly recommend the book because you're not in charge. Anyway, so, um, so in terms of, of leadership, leading ourselves first is our number one responsibility. And we are the most difficult people we will ever be called upon to lead. So that leads us to this question. What in the world do we do? How do we do this? So what I wanna do for the next few minutes is just give you some handles. Um, because exceptional self-leadership, I think, requires three decisions that each one of us has to make. Um, you're gonna hear bits and pieces of this scattered throughout the presenters today in their stories and in the interviews that you're gonna be exposed to. You're gonna hear these three things talked about in different ways with different language, but at the end of the day, extraordinary self-leadership requires that we make these three decisions. And the first decision is the hardest. I will not lie to myself, even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. I will not lie to myself, even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. And in our culture, we've been told that the worst thing in the world is to feel bad about ourselves. That is not true. 
There is something worse than feeling bad about yourself. What's worse than feeling bad about yourself is not doing anything about the thing that's bad about yourself. But we have a very difficult time as human beings acknowledging the things about ourselves that need to change. People don't let go of what needs to change because they never acknowledge they're actually hanging on. The point being this, that exceptional self-leadership requires brutal honesty with that person in the mirror. The easiest person, the easiest person for you to deceive, the easiest person for me to deceive is the person in the mirror. Nobody does, <laughs> nobody does a better job selling you on a bad idea than you. You are a sucker for you. Now, you know this is true because as soon as you, think about it, as soon as you see something you want, if we take this out of the realm of leadership and just in terms of personal behavior, as soon as you see something you want, what do you start doing? You start selling yourself. You start coming up with all the reasons it's a good deal, all the reasons you need it now. You begin selling yourself and we have all sold ourselves on some terrible purchases. Why? Because we know how to sell ourselves. The person in the mirror is generally our greatest obstacle. You can't lead yourself well. You can't lead yourself well as long as you're lying to yourself. Have you ever tried to lead a liar? What what happens when you discover there's a liar in your midst at work? You don't lead a liar, you fire a liar, right? And for some of us, if we're honest, we need to fire the version of ourselves that keeps lying to ourselves. We need to fire the version of ourselves that keeps making excuses for all the dumb decisions that we've made. We need to have the courage to lead ourselves well, and to do that, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. This is the beginning of great self-leadership. You can't lead yourself until you are honest with yourself. So I wanna give you an exercise to kind of make this this easy for you, okay? Um, Whenever you're about to make a decision, whenever you find yourself with that little bit of tension on the inside of should I go, should I stay, should I say this, should I attend, should I put this off, you just need to ask yourself this question, and I highly recommend you figure out a place where you can ask this question out loud, even if it's just under your breath, but it's gotta be more than a thought. And the question is this, it's so simple. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then you gotta take it up one notch. Why am I doing this really? Why am I doing this really? In fact, I would like for all of us at all of our host sites and here in the room with me, I want us to say this out loud and I want you to pause after this and then add the word really, okay? You ready to do this together? Here we go, everybody. Why am I doing this really? One more time. Why am I doing this really? Why am I postponing this meeting really? Why am I postponing this phone call, really? Why am I avoiding him, really? Why am I avoiding her, really? Why am I going, really? Why am I saying this, really? Why am I about to ask this question? Why am I purchasing this? Why am I wearing this? Why am I doing this, really? Telling yourself the unfiltered truth about what you're doing and why you're doing it is the key to self, to great self leadership. Now, here's here's a little secret. When you discover, when you hear yourself answer this question, why am I buying this really? Why am I saying this really? Why am I going there really? You don't have to do anything with that new information, but you owe it to yourself to know the truth. And I'm just telling you, if you'll develop the habit of pausing and saying, okay, I'm moving in this direction. My emotions are moving in this direction. This is how I've always done it. This is what I've been told to do, but I at least owe it to myself to be honest with myself and ask the question, okay, but why am I doing this really? So first decision, 
You've got to decide. I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. Second decision for great, for exceptional self-leadership is this. I will prioritize what I value most over what I want now. I will prioritize what I value most over what I want now. This one just needs a little bit of explanation. In organizational leadership, you know this, if you're a manager or, you're a, or you lead a, a franchise or maybe you're a business owner or you have a division or if you have any, you know, anybody reporting to you, you know that when it comes to leading a team, you have to know where you're leading the team, right? If you're leading a team, there has to be some sort of destination, there has to be an end game, there has to be some kind of goal. And the same is true for self-leadership. So here's the question. Where do exceptional self-leaders lead themselves? Where do, in other words, if leadership is about going somewhere, if leadership is about an end game, if leadership is about we're moving in a direction, this is an important question. Where are exceptional self-leaders leading themselves? And here's the answer, and this may be the biggest takeaway from our first session today. Exceptional self-leaders lead themselves toward what they value most, not what they want now toward what they value most, not what they want now. What you want now is rarely what you value most. What you want now, this is a lesson most people never learn, but this is essential for extraordinary, exceptional self-leadership. What you want now is rarely what you value most. We know this, right? Because later today, it's gonna happen before this day is over, you are going to want dessert, but you value your health. I want dessert, and we could go down, we could create two columns with dozens and dozens of these illustrations. That tension between immediate and ultimate, immediate and ultimate. What you want now is rarely what you value most. That means there's a catch. That means, as I said earlier, there's some work to do. You can't really lead yourself well. You cannot become an exceptional self-leader until you discover what you value most. And because of what I do as a profession, I'm convinced of this. Most people never discover what they value most until it's too late. Most people never discover what they value most until what they value most is out of reach. So, how do you discover what you value most? It's actually pretty simple. It, um, ladies, it'll take you about an hour and a half. Men, it'll take you about 15 minutes. Okay, now that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but as I've taught this through the years and as I've helped people work through this exercise through the years, ladies, you are so much better, generally speaking, at understanding and thinking about things as it relates to what's going on on the inside of you. Guys, we oftentimes have to work on this, but here's, here's the easiest way, you can, you can do this in an hour. The easiest way, I think, to discover what you value most, and you may think you know what you value most, but let's be honest, very few of us have sat down and even asked ourselves this question. We always know what we want now. But how do we discover what we ultimately value most? And again, the worst thing that could happen to you is to get toward the end of your life and realize what I value most is out of reach. And that happens all the time. So about 28 years ago, um, I picked up the copy of um, Stephen Covey's book, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People it had just come out. And I read the whole book. And many of you have read that book. If you haven't, of course, it's, it's just a standard, it's an extraordinary book. And in the middle of the book, or actually about two thirds of the way through the book, he suggests that the reader stop and work through what he calls essentially a funeral exercise. And you ask yourself this question, what do I want said about me in the end? What do I want said about me in the end? Now, he gives some, some you know, he sort of teases this thing out and here's what he suggests. And let me just be honest with you, when I'm reading a book, and I get to the part where the author says, set the book aside 
and answer these three questions. I'm like, I'm not doing that because the goal is to finish the book. I'm not here to learn anything. I'm, I'm here to say, oh yeah, I read that. Oh yeah, I read that. Oh, he's so smart. I didn't learn anything, but I, yeah, I read all these books. So when I get to the assignment part of a book, I very rarely stop and do the assignment. You're probably the same way, right? So, but I actually, this is almost 30 years ago. I actually um, stopped, I set the book aside. And for the next four mornings, because I have a habit of getting up early in the morning and spending some time alone. And as a Christian, I use that as a devotional time. But I decided to spend the next few mornings actually working through this exercise. And here's what he suggested. And here's what I highly suggest. If you'll work through this exercise, you will discover, you will discover what you value most. He said, imagine you're at your own funeral and imagine the following people get up to talk about you, uh, your father or your mother, your husband or your wife, a son or a daughter, a best friend, an employer, a coach, somebody you work with. He goes through a list of people. He said, imagine that these different people from these different walks of life get up and say something about you at your funeral. Then he said this, write down what you would want to hear them say. So I did, and it was amazing. At the end of that exercise, I spent about four mornings, about 20, 25 minutes, about four or five mornings in a row. At the end, I looked at what I'd written and I realized, this is my personal definition of success. This is what I value most. What you want said about you at the end is what you value most and you owe it to yourself to discover that. You say, well, Andy, that's just so depressing. No, let me tell you what's depressing. Depressing is getting to the end and realizing what you value most is out of reach and it happens all the time. So opt for ultimate over immediate. Opt for ultimate over immediate. Don't settle for what my friend Adam Johnson calls not goals. You know what a not goal is? A not goal is I'm not gonna be like him. I'm not gonna be like her. I'm not gonna end up there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. But Adam says this, he says not is not enough. And defining your future and defining your success or trying to lead yourself with not goals will not set you up to lead yourself well. You have to discover what you value most. So the second, the second decision, I will, not pri- I will prioritize what I value most over what I want now. The third decision is this one. I will not attempt to lead myself by myself. I will not attempt to lead myself by myself. Now. This seems a little bit not intuitive. It seems like if I'm leading myself, aren't I leading myself by myself? You're not. In fact, you can't lead yourself by yourself. And you know this from personal experience. You know this from childhood. Uh, You may have a few stories from your adulthood that underscore this. Because we know as we think about our childhood, as we think about our college years, as we think about adulthood for some of us, your greatest regrets, let's be honest, Your greatest regrets, when you were creating your, what would become your greatest regret, you were with friends. You were with some friends that now you wish perhaps you had never met. And what happened? What happened? It was very simple. You were moving in a direction with people who supported you moving in that direction. And now you look back and you think that was terrible self-leadership. That was a terrible decision. It was a terrible financial decision. It was a terrible investment. It It was a terrible idea. But you had people around you that supported you in that decision. You can't lead yourself by yourself. And here's why. It's a principle. Our friends, your friends, our friends determine the direction and the quality of our lives. Our friends, your friends determine the direction and quality of your life. And in fact, if you have kids, I have three children. I have two out of college, one that graduates Monday. Yes. 
Um, it's such a wonderful thing to write that last check back in November to Auburn University War Eagle. Anyway, yeah, over here on the right, yes. I'm sure out there in, in the broader world there was much clapping about Auburn. Anyway, so if you, the point is this, if you have middle school kids and you have high school kids and they're starting to kind of pester you about that first tattoo, you know, I want a tattoo, I want a tattoo. Here's what I would suggest. I would suggest as a parent, if you're in that season of life, you say, sure, honey, you can get a tattoo, but mama gets to choose it. And I suggest that you tattoo right here. Your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life and have them look at that for the next 10 years of their life. Because you know what you know from your past and I know from my past? My friends determine the direction and the quality of my life. And that doesn't end at 13 or 15 or 18. And this is, this is the thing, and here's the application as it relates to this third decision. You don't simply need friends with common interests. Most people develop friendships with people who have common interests. That's a shortcut. It's easy to find people who share common interests. You need to find people who share common values. Because self-leadership, exceptional self-leadership is value-driven. Consequently, you need to find a way to connect with people who don't simply have the same interest that you have, although obviously there's nothing wrong with that. You've gotta do life with people who are moving toward and embracing the same values that you embrace. And the reason you know this is absolutely true is because if you have kids, that's exactly what you would tell your kids. But mom, we like the same music and you're looking at the people who like the same music as your kid going, that's great, I still don't want you to go over there, right? But you know, he's, you know, we have the same, I know, but I still don't want you to hang out with him, why? Because you know this as a parent, you know this as an older brother and older sister, the values that a person embraces ultimately determines the direction and quality of their life and embracing or spending time with or building community with people who are moving in the same direction has more to do with helping us in terms of self-leadership than perhaps anything we can do on the outside. Which means, and this is the hard part of this one, it means you may need to disconnect from a friend or two. Again, this isn't just for high school students. This is for grown-ups. And the reason you may need to disconnect from a friend or two is this, is that ultimate can be threatening to folks who've opted for immediate. That ultimate can be threatening to people who opt for immediate. When you decide, you know what, I'm gonna spend the time to decide, to determine, to discover what I really value most. I'm gonna quit lying to myself. I'm gonna fire the liar and I'm gonna become brutally honest with myself. And I'm gonna embrace what I ultimately wanna look back on. The people who aren't moving in that direction, the people who are living for immediate as opposed to ultimate, there may be some conflict and that's okay because you're leading yourself. Now here's the bottom line, I'm gonna wrap up in just a couple of minutes. Everybody, everybody, everybody ends up somewhere in life. Everybody, there's no option, this is, this, this is just the way it is. Life's a journey, right? It's the principle of the path. Direction determines destination. Direction, not in intention, determines destination, right? Everybody ends up somewhere in life. And the reason we're doing this day today and the reason we put all this together is we want you to end up somewhere on purpose. And there is only one person on this planet that can determine whether or not you end up somewhere on purpose. And it's the person that, you are, that you're confronted with every single morning in the mirror. So, my friends, lead that person well. 
you have very little influence perhaps at work in terms of who you lead. But every single day you get up with the opportunity and the responsibility to lead the person that has more to do with your destiny than any other person you'll ever meet. You think it's your boss, you think it's your company, you think it's stockholders, you think it's the economy, you think it's a whole lot of things. The person, the influence that has more influence over your future than anybody or anything you'll ever confront is the person in the mirror. So lead that person well. Decide today. I will not lie to myself even when it makes me feel bad about myself. Those days are over, I'm gonna fire the liar. Decide that you are going to prioritize what you value most over what you want now. Now, I realize that I've already ruined lunch for many of you today with this one. <laughs> because you're going to sit down with the people on your team, the people you came with, and you're going to sit at, you know, most of you are going to go to some fabulous restaurant or you're going to be served a lunch, you know, on your site, and everybody's going to look at dessert and feel terrible. So I just want to free you of that guilt. But I do want to remind you of this dessert is immediate. Health is ultimate, okay, enough about that. So what I want you to do, and, you, and the thing is, you could do this before this weekend or during this weekend, is to sit down and some, spend, some, some, spend some time asking the question, what do I value most? And work through that funeral exercise. It won't take very long, it's not depressing. It's gonna open you up to the reality of what's most important to you. And once you decide and once you discover what your values are, write those down. When I went through that exercise, I forgot to tell you this, when I went through that exercise, I actually, I took the, all those paragraphs, I went, you know, what would I want? I wasn't married at the time. Uh, I, actually, I was engaged, you know, what would I want my future wife to say, all those things. I, I took all that information, it was several paragraphs, and I, I condensed it to nine words, nine words. And I could rattle off those nine words today. Those nine words, those value words became a perimeter around my behavior, a perimeter around my thought life, a perimeter around the way I did business, the way I did ministry, and the way I did relationships. Those became, because I recognize as I want you to recognize, that's what success is for you. And then third, last, you gotta decide. I'm not gonna lead myself by myself. I'm gonna find a way to do good life with, to build a community around me of people who value what I value. They don't simply share the same interests that I share. Leading yourself well, is not an essential for being a leader, but leading yourself well is essential if you want to be a leader worth following. A leader with sustained influence, a leader with sustained performance. And every day of your life, every day of my life, we will be tempted to opt for immediate over ultimate, but don't do it. The person in the mirror is counting on you. And not only is the person in the mirror counting on you, for most of us, there are some other smaller faces and smaller mirrors that are counting on us as well. Thank you. Yeah, the exercise, as Andy Stanley said, is to write down what you want the most important people in your life to say at your funeral. There are some moments that are life-changing there are moments that you can have, exercises you can complete, insights, light bulb moments that truly do set the course for the rest of your life. And an exercise like this can create one of those moments. If you sit down honestly and, and you write down, and, and I'm not talking about just platitudes, like I, I want them to say I was a loving person. Well, of course, of course. But specifically, 
specifically catered to you, as you think about leading yourself and what kind of an influence you are, specifically about you, how you're gifted, how you're skilled, what you value, what's important to you, what do you want these people to say at the end? When I completed this exercise, an example for me was I want my wife, my sons, the people in my church, my friends, everybody who knows me to be able to say that Ryan was brave enough to speak up for what he really believes, even if it cost him something. That was one of mine. And I hope that those of you who know me would say, yeah, that's true. That's a value. And there were lots of other ones, but just as an example. And so what would it be for you? It's custom made where you are in life, your gifts, your skills, the people you influence. What would it look like for you? That list of what you would like the most important people in your life to say about you at the end. What if you completed that exercise this afternoon? And didn't put it off, didn't say, oh, well, it's just one of those things, it's in a book somewhere, but actually sat down just for a few minutes and completed this exercise. It could be one of the most important things you ever do to lead yourself. I invite you to pray with me. God, we're thankful for this talk today by Andy Stanley. We're thankful for the exercise uh, from Stephen Covey to really sit down and think about what it is we value and live for that now. Prioritize what we value over the immediate, over all of the things that seek to divide our attention, to get us off course, things that threaten to make us unhealthy influences. God, as we think about leading ourselves, maybe step one is sitting down and actually thinking about what that would look like. And so this exercise could be a great start to that. Right now, God, here in the, in the United States in 2020, we think about healthy leadership and how important it is for leaders to lead themselves well. Perhaps we are where we are right now as a country because enough people have not done this. And it affects how we vote, how we treat each other, how we relate, how we view the world. And maybe now more than ever, we need people who know how to lead ourselves well. For those who are, who are watching or listening right now and, and they have a goal, they have a vision, they're fired up about something, they're passionate about something, and, and, and they, they want to make it happen. It's so easy for us to get focused on that goal, that thing, like Andy said, just finishing the book, that we, we forget to actually do the work of leading ourselves well, which will determine how well we lead in all of those other areas that we're so passionate about. God, whatever it is that we feel called to, whoever it is that we influence, may we begin by leading ourselves well. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said,